Three verses here at the end of Joshua 21 that I've been reading over and over and meditating on this week and really thinking through. We, we studied through chapter 21 on Wednesday night. And it tells us in verse 43, So the Lord gave Israel all the land which he had sworn to their fathers, and they possessed it and lived in it. And the Lord gave them rest on every side according to all that he had sworn to their fathers and no one of all their enemies stood before them. The Lord gave all their enemies into their hands. In two verses, the Lord gave. Three times it says, the Lord gave, the Lord gave, the Lord gave. And verse 45, not one of the good promises which the Lord had made to the house of Israel failed. All came to pass. What an awesome verse. Not one of the good promises which the Lord had made to the house of Israel failed. All came to pass. And you may ask yourself, and I know we've kind of looked at this question before, but you might say, okay, you guys had a great trip to Israel. That's wonderful. Glad you had a good time. Thank you for sharing. What does this really have to do with me today? With this statement, that not one of the good promises which the Lord had made to the house of Israel failed, all came to pass. At the conclusion of this statement, in this part of the study and in history, all of the tribes, all 12 tribes, including Joshua himself, had received, they had taken possession of the promises of God. They had received the land. Something that we wait for in faith. We talk about that a lot. Taking possession of the promises of God. That definition of faith. And we are still waiting to fully take possession of the promises. We will, ultimately when Jesus comes. Until he comes, we are in the process of taking hold. Of taking possession of all the spiritual blessings and the heavenly places that that Paul talks about. that, That God promised to us. But here we have this picture with Israel. They have taken possession. They are in the land. They own it. It's theirs. And as we read this, we need to stop for a minute and pause and praise the Lord. And thank the Lord. Why? Because not one of the good promises which the Lord had made to the house of Israel failed. Not one. Now again, you may say good for the house of Israel. I'm glad all the promises were fulfilled for them. What about us? What does that specifically have to do with us? Again, why do we keep going back to Israel? Gang, you might say, I wish that that was me. I wish that I had all of the promises of God fulfilled in my life. And the reality is, you can, this can be you, for in a sense, you are Israel. If you're in Jesus Christ, you are Israel. Now you might say, okay, wait a minute, Rick. Now you're talking replacement theology, right? You're now saying the church is the new Israel. No, I'm not. Not at all. Israel is Israel. The church is the church. Don't confuse the two. But in a sense, promise-wise, if you are in Jesus Christ, you are Israel. To explain that, I have to go back to Genesis chapter 32. If you want to flip there. Genesis chapter 32. We have... We have to understand, in Scripture, there are certain words that may not make sense to us, but when we go back to the first time those words are mentioned, remember it's the principle of first mention. If you find a word or a phrase or a concept in the Scripture and you're unsure about it, go back and find the first time it's talked about and it gives you insight into it. This is where the first time we actually hear the name Israel spoken in Scripture. Genesis chapter 32. 
In verse 24 it says, Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When he saw that he had not prevailed against him, he touched the socket of his thigh, so the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he wrestled with him. And then he said, Let me go, for the dawn is breaking. The man said this. Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? As if this man didn't know. For you may know if you've studied this before. I believe this is none other than Jesus Christ. This is the Lord wrestling with Jacob. He says, What is your name? He's not asking because he needs to know. He knows what his name is. He's asking because he's making a point. And he said, Jacob. Jacob's name, as we've talked about before, means heel catcher. Heel catcher. One who strives. One who is always... It's kind of like a ladder climber. Someone who's trying to climb the ladder of success. Always, whatever it takes, grabbing onto the heel in front of you, pulling him back so that you can strive to get ahead. And that is a picture of Jacob's life. He was a striving man, always trying to get ahead. Even at birth, grabbing the heel of Esau and pulling against it. Heel catcher. To try and be the first one out. And then stealing the blessing and taking the birthright from Esau. And then as he goes on down through the years, stealing and conniving and trying to make his way back to the promised land, heel catcher, Jacob, that's my name, he says. And God says, your name, verse 28, shall no longer be heel catcher, striver, Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have Prevailed. This is amazing. What you're saying that he wrestled God and he won? Yeah. God let him win. Kind of like when I play with Hayden and I let him win. I let him pin me down on the floor. He hasn't really won, but I let him win. He says, yeah, you, you've prevailed. And Jacob asked him, he said, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you asked my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob named the place Peniel. For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been preserved. And the sun rose upon him as he crossed over Peniel, or Penuel, and he was limping on his thigh. So he, he won the wrestling match, but he lost the war. And he found his place with God. He would limp the rest of his life as a reminder. And, and how did he get his, his thigh out of socket? <laughs> God just touched him. Oh, you won. And he's limping his entire life. It says, therefore, to this day the sons of Israel do not eat the sinew of the hip which is on the socket of the thigh because he touched the socket of Jacob's thigh in the sinew of the hip. Jacob's name, heel catcher, but what about Israel? What does Israel really mean? This, this word, this name that God gives to Jacob, he changes Jacob's name to Israel. What does it mean? Well, you may know that the word El in Scripture means God. El Shaddai, God Almighty. Anytime you see El in a name, it's often referring to or connected to God. Ezekiel, speaking again of God and Ezekiel's relationship to God. So you see that in name. So El means God. Yishra where we get the first part of Israel. Isra or Yishra in the Hebrew means upright. Or more specifically, it's from the root word Yashar, which means righteous. Jacob was the striver, the heel catcher. God changed his name to righteous in God. Or better yet, righteous by God. So, Rick, what are you saying? Go back to Joshua. Listen again to verse 45 of Joshua 21. Not one of the good promises which the Lord had made to the house of Yisrael failed. All came to pass. 
Not one of the good promises which the Lord had made to the house of the righteous by God failed. But it all came to pass. In other words, if you are righteous by God, then not one of His promises will fail. But understand, just like Jacob, you are not righteous by yourself. You are righteous by God. You are righteous in God. You are the upright of God because He has chosen to make you so. Jacob was not an upright man. This is something that's curious and people miss in studying the Old Testament uh, prophets and the Old Testament leaders, the patriarchs. They see these men and when you really look at their lives, there's a lot of sin. There's a lot of mistakes. There's a lot of failures. The reality is, though, God chooses to call them righteous, not by their behavior, but by His behavior, by His character. And with the people of Israel, He calls them, His chosen people, He calls them righteous by God. He has chosen them, not so that they would be glorified, but so that He would be glorified. And there is Christian confusion about Israel even today. There are some who believe, when Paul says in Romans 11, all Israel will be saved, there are some who believe, well, because they're Israel, they're just going to be saved. No, they won't. Because it's not that their salvation is not found in being Israel. They will not be saved because of who they are. They will be saved, however, because of who God is. Because of who Jesus is. And as we've said over and over, it is faith in Jesus Christ that saves a man. Nothing that the man does. It is no amount of your righteousness or my righteousness that saves us. We are heel catchers. We're the strivers. And left to our own devices, we're the ones always trying to work it out. And God's saying, it's worked out for you. If you will put your faith in me, you are Israel. You are Yisrael, righteous by God. And that's what the cross is literally all about. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. What the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did. Sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, He made Him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God. There it is, the Yisrael. He made him who knew no sin to be sin so that you and I could be the Yisrael, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amazing. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you entirely. May your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete. Without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, faithful is He who calls you, and He also will bring it to pass. Let me tell you, if you feel like in your life, spiritually, you have backslidden, or spiritually you're not at the place where you need to be, or where you're supposed to be in the Lord, If you feel like maybe you have fallen behind or drawn back, you're you're not where God would have you be, guess what? If your faith is in Jesus, you are Yisrael. You are righteous by God. And the decision to turn to Him and follow Him again is instantaneous because His grace has never left you. 
No, the church doesn't replace Israel. Rather, what the Lord did and is still doing in Israel, He can and will do for you. And that's why we go to Israel. And that's why we study the Old Testament Scriptures. And that's why we look at Israel. Because Israel is, as a people, a picture of exactly what God wants to do, can do, and is doing in you and me through Jesus Christ. He is making us the righteous by God. It's what he's doing. Let me finish with one last thing here. Romans chapter 11. Which is Paul's very powerful explanation of the place of Israel after Jesus came. Romans 9 through 11. I encourage you all to just read through that. Let me just finish by reading the end of Paul's statement about the place of Israel in God's economy and God's plan. Romans 11 verse 30. He says, For just as you were once disobedient to God... But now have been shown mercy because of their disobedience. Talking about Israel. So also these now have been disobedient. But because of the mercy shown to you, they also may now be shown mercy. For God has shut up all disobedience so that he may show mercy to all. I like that. He has shut up disobedience. Where there's disobedience, God said, shut up. He has shut it up so that he may show mercy to all. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who became his counselor? Or who has first given to him that it might be paid back to him again? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Mishrael, the righteousness of God, the righteousness by God. Those of you who keep beating yourselves up because you're just not sure that you could ever be quite good enough for God, I encourage you to accept this fact. You can't. But He is far good enough to cover every sin that you and I have ever committed or will ever commit. Put your faith in Jesus. And you can be and are in the righteousness of God. And Father, we thank you so much for this promise, this blessing. We thank you, Lord, that you spoke to us as, as we often would speak to children in kindergarten or, or early elementary school. We give picture books. We paint stories. And you've done that exact thing through the people of Israel. In choosing a people, Lord, what an amazing plan that we could learn across all of history through your interaction with this people how in spite of their failings and sin and faithlessness you remain faithful. Lord, I pray for that application in our lives today that it is not our faithfulness, it is your faithfulness. Lord, I know that this morning some are struggling. Struggling with opponents from outside struggling with with strife struggling with difficulty and even division in their own lives as I myself have recently Lord I just want to thank you I want to thank you for hardships and struggles because Father what they do is they drive me to you we see how Israel is being slowly led back to Mashiach their Savior and I pray for this fellowship for us this morning Father you would continue to call us back to you 
comes back to you. As we sang, O Lamb of God, we come. We come to you. In Jesus' name. Amen.